With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan now uh, joined by my good friend and longtime colleague, Tom Deanhart, formerly of the Big Ten Network, now with Golden Black uh, covers Purdue, but hits on a lot of Big Ten topics, Tom. And um, here we are. We're in the offseason uh, for most of us, uh, still Ohio State playing. I want to ask you about that Ohio State game first, though. How surprised were you with the Buckeyes' performance? Because we, we just didn't really see that down the stretch, but I think we knew it was a possibility they could play like that, and they put it all, all together and, and uh, completely handled Clemson, really, in almost every aspect of that game. Yeah, I think it was a big surprise, Sean. I think anybody uh, outside of Columbus, Ohio, they told you differently. You have to be wary. I mean, nobody saw this coming from the Buckeyes. Uh, we just, first of all, really didn't have much of a sample size for the Buckeyes playing such a truncated season. Uh, no real quality opponents. I mean, Indiana was a nice team, but really, uh, they beat Northwestern, which was, a, which was a solid team. But again, did not look impressive in either of those two games. And then to come out like they did against a favored Clemson team and not just win, but win in convincing fashion. Uh, convincing fashion, I think, was, was a big surprise. And I guess the Buckeyes are justifying their inclusion in the Big Ten title game and beyond with that effort. Now, Sean, they're poised to maybe make a run like they did in 2014 and surprise everybody when they won the national title with Cardale Jones and Ezekiel Elliott. And I wasn't surprised, obviously, with Justin Fields. I wasn't surprised with their offensive line, the way they played. But Trey Sermon rushing for over 200, that might have been what I didn't see coming because Nebraska played them earlier in the year, and they actually shut down a lot of the Ohio State running game. They didn't. The Buckeyes didn't run it well. Uh, to see Sermon just blow up like that on that stage, that to me was as big of a surprise as anything. Yeah, he kind of got his start what in the Big Ten title game against the Wildcats when he ran for what over 300 yards, I think. So, kid transfers from Oklahoma and really Master Teague was their top back. Sermon steps up and delivers again, first against the Wildcats in Indianapolis and then against the Clemson Tigers. Uh, you have a running back like that, it certainly opens up your passing game. You know, the Buckeyes got Chris Olave back for that Clemson game. Uh, what a playmaker he is. Uh, joining the ranks of so many other great Buckeye wideouts of the past, you know, guys like Joey Galloway, you know, and Daryl Boston, and those type of guys. So again, um, got a big time receiver, big time running back. Field showed his grittiness, Sean, by taking that big hit, reminiscent coming back, playing through a thumb injury. So the Buckeyes have a lot of mojo going here, coming into that huge showdown with uh, with with. You know Alabama next week. Yeah, and we go into next week as we're talking to Tom Deanhart. Alabama will have its own fair share of distractions, but it, it feels like this is every year for Nick Saban. Uh, now, as offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian is taking the Texas job. I'm sure those Sabans like, here I go again. I got to figure this out again, and the distractions. Because uh, I don't care what you say, it's pretty hard probably for Steve Sarkeesian to keep a level of focus, knowing he's got 
just as big of a job waiting for him in Texas, um, you know, as far as building that program back. But he obviously has to finish things out this week against Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, a lot on his plate. I'm sure some of those assistants, there's already been speculation that those some Bama assistants are going to follow Sarkeesian over to Austin, Texas. So you're right. Um, you hope you hope Sarkeesian can stay focused if you're a Bama fan and can get one last win for the program. That would be Sean's six national titles in the last 12 years wow. for Alabama. Just, just unbelievable. Sort of like what Nebraska was doing back in the 1990s. Um, so, yeah. We'll see if Sarkeesian can navigate his way through it. Great opportunity for him, a story of redemption from a personal standpoint. Uh, didn't work out at USC or Washington. We'll see if he can make Texas matter like Mac Brown did for a while there. And, you know, Bamba sounds like they're going to get Jalen Waddle back too, so imagine that. <laughs> Jalen Waddle with Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Najee Harris. I mean, another weapon possibly for a Bama offense that already is off the charts. So, the Buckeye defense is going to have its hands full. I want to stick on that Texas job, Tom. How surprised mm-hmm. were you that Texas made that move on Herman when they couldn't get maybe a guy like Urban Meyer? I mean, I think that was the feel. Like, all right, they're going to make a run at somebody big. They tried Urban Meyer. He turned him down. They make a statement that, you know, basically was a boat of confidence for Tom Herman. He wins the Alamo Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, beating Colorado, I don't think did a lot for anybody. Then they fired him on, on January 2nd um, and then replaced him that same day with Sarkeesian. It just, the timeline, you know, it just didn't seem right. I, I think the, 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 the powers that be there obviously said, you know what, we just got to make this move now. He's not our guy and, and we don't care what it looks like. Yeah, they, they were looking for every, any and every excuse to make a change, it sounds like. Four and on bowl games for Herman. You know, his overall record at Texas was very good. Certainly didn't merit getting fired. Um, yes, he hadn't really taken the program consistently to the next level, but but again, things looked like they were trending well. Didn't get Urban Meyer. You referenced the, the, the vote of confidence, so to speak, or the statement from Chris Delicante, the Texas AD. It was a little bit, a little bit of a tepid uh, statement, not, not full force support for Tom Herman. And then fast forward a few days, and of course he loses his job. I don't know about you, Sean. This, I mean, why Sarkeesian has done a nice job. I, I don't know if he's that big of an upgrade over Tom Herman. I don't know. He's not Urban Meyer, like I said. He didn't get it done at Washington or USC. You know, he had alcohol issues back and back in those days. He's been clean and sober for a while. But uh, my gosh, to blow everything up after four years ago with Sarkeesian to me. You wonder how excited and energized the Texas fan base really is over the move. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to wrap your hands around because, you know, Tom Herman, you know, you hear the grumblings that he, he was kind of a, a guy that had some off-the-field things too, similar to Sarkeesian. I mean, Zach Smith, his former colleague, tweets about him every yeah. day still on Twitter. Um, so yeah. it, to go, you know, and, and, and credit Steve Sarkeesian, he's obviously cleaned his life up. But it just, yeah, it, I, I, it, it just seems like, on December one, if you told them we're going to hire Steve Sarkeesian, I think a lot of Longhorn fans would be like, "No way, we're not, we're not doing that move yeah. or this move." But they they made their bed, and um, you know, I, I think in the Big Twelve, it's a lot easier to make up ground there because of the talent you have on your roster. That's not a deep league. I mean, you can catch up with Iowa State in one off season. I mean, yeah, Matt Campbell's done a good job there, but. Texas can get right back in that deal pretty quickly. Yeah, not a, not a real big mountain to scale. You're exactly right. You know, Texas Tech, Texas Christian, 
Um, of course, Oklahoma is the 10,000-pound gorilla that you're always going to chase uh, if you're Texas or anybody else in that, that conference. And that's, that's the beast that Texas wants to become, Sean. Um, seemingly never can get over the hump, though, you know. They've had some flashes of brilliance the last 25 or 30 years, but they've never had a consistent run of dominance like other blue bloods like USC and Florida, you know, obviously Alabama, Ohio State programs of that elk i think texas would like to associate itself with but again they've never been able to have that that type of success for an extended stretch not even oklahoma they really can't hand, even hold a candle at oklahoma sean um is lincoln riley uh, i mean i should say steve sarkeesian really a better coach than lincoln riley i don't know so uh again it's going to be fascinating to see what sarkeesian can do in austin texas and then i wanted to wrap this segment up here tom with you on big 10 bowl games did anything jump out to you about the other Big Ten bowl games. Wisconsin's win over Wake Forest, Indiana's loss to Old Miss, Northwestern's win over Auburn. Um, what really jumped out to you if you had to kind of come with one or two takeaways from those games? I, I guess just the overall you know, winning percentage, only losing one of those games. Um, I never want to put too much stock in any of these bowl games, honestly. You always wonder who really wants to be there, what motivation is, what players have opted out. But still, overall, you have to be happy if you're a Big Ten fan with only losing one game. Um, you know, if you want to take a negative spin on it, Sean, <laughs> maybe it was Indiana loss. First of all, the flap was covering up the Big Ten logo. <laughs> on their helmet, <laughs> on their too. Jerseys. <laughs> and then, of course, the statement from Tom Allen trying to explain it. It was, you know, intention. was, it was, a, a, it was intentional. There's no it doubt. <laughs> it was, but it's, it's great fuel for, for, uh, for, for people like you and I to talk about. And, you know, losing that Ole Miss team that was four and five, that was compromised offensively. I think their top two receivers, their top uh, tight end, I think running back were all out. They still found a way to beat IU in that, that defense. So disappointing way for the Hoosiers to end a historic season. Uh, again, for Northwestern, Sean, pretty cool to see them win again. Mike Hankwist, the D.C., to go out with a victory in his last game there, too. And then, of course, Wisconsin, I, thought, I saw you retweet it. <laughs> I think the highlight there was was dropping the trophy <laughs> and seeing it shatter on the floor after the game. Yeah, it was one of those games where the Badgers were losing, but you just never felt like they were going to lose. I mean, they just kind of woke up and, and their dominance just took that game over on defense. Yeah, so it's going to be fun next year. we got plenty of time to talk about 2021 to see if they can get that program back on track. It was a real off year for the Badgers, especially on offense. They never really had that big-time running back established. Graham Mertz looked like he was going to be a Heisman contender and then sort of fell off the map. So it's going to be very interesting to watch that program and how it develops and reemerges next year if it does. All right, we're going to come back and continue this conversation with Tom Deanhart. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.